If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. The cool thing about AR and holograms and VR is it provides new mediums to engage different types of audiences. At first, everyone was just really trying to recreate what was valid in person. One of the takeaways was just about the ability to now be as creative as you want to be. The VR AR Association is just about to host another fantastic all virtual event. In June, the VRARA made history with their first ever completely virtual global summit and expo. For three days, literally thousands of participants from all around the world interacted online, exploring the latest trends in immersive technologies and the ways in which VR, AR, and XR are going to revolutionize just about every area of life. And now, from September 30th through October 2nd, the VRARA is going to be hosting their fall edition of their Global Summit and Expo. Once again, it will be all virtual. Once again, it's going to be amazing. Natasha French is both the principal of Los Angeles-based digital consultancy firm Scale Strategies and the newly appointed chapter president of VRARA Los Angeles. Meanwhile, Anne-Marie Enns is executive producer and founder of award-winning Vancouver event production company, Pulled In, as well as the executive producer of the VRAR Global Summit. Natasha, I'd like to start with you. Just about the first thing anybody learns about you on your social media is that you are a storyteller, first and foremost. How did you first become aware of the power of holograms and VR and AI and AR to make those stories memorable? Yeah, and that's a great question. You know, I started off my career as a journalist, so I always was a storyteller at heart, but love technology. And about a decade ago, when I really got involved in the startup technology scene, I worked with a lot of brands that were looking for ways to engage their consumers and their fans further without just, you know, reading something or watching something. And they wanted something more immersive and interactive. And you know, the first time I saw a hologram, what I was working with the company Ventana was at a TEDx talk and the CEO was up there and a little hologram popped up next to her and she was interacting at it and I didn't know what I was looking at and it was pretty mind blown. And it was really interesting because it was all about the captivating that audience. And the cool thing about AR and holograms and VR is it provides new mediums to engage different types of audiences. I always like to say we all have, I'm sure you've heard this stat before, but the human's attention span is less than a goldfish. I believe we're coming in at eight seconds. <laughs> and, you know, with that in mind, it's so important to use these new technologies to engage you know, the younger generation use these new technologies to help storytell, even the older generation who might not be used to these technologies, but it's a great way to educate and keep them captivated. So I love using those different mediums because it's basically I look at storytelling through augmented reality and virtual reality and just different touch points that you can engage and everyone has a phone in their pocket. So for today, you know, Augmented reality is in everyone's home and everyone's pocket, and it's a new way to make sure that you're captivating them and engaging with them in a more immersive environment. 
I think captivating and mind-blown are the key terms here when we talk about something like the VRARA Global Summit Online. And Anne-Marie, what I'd love to know from you, you've just had a pretty interesting experience because if I'm remembering right, you had roughly six weeks to take the VRARA Global Conference to an online experience for June 1st to 3rd. We did. We were planning this beautiful, intimate event in Lisbon, Portugal for three, you know, three to 400 people. When COVID hit, I think I left Portugal at the end of February and was planning to go back a month later. And here I am still in Canada. But we, um, yeah, we had about six weeks to figure out, you know, what are we doing? How are we doing this? What will this look like? What platforms are we using? What equipment do we have at home? What does everyone else have at home? So we quickly transformed from that small intimate event. We ended up having more than 12,000 people join us in June. We did 20 hours of simultaneous broadcast for three days in a row. So we bit off a giant, a giant thing there to try to make happen. And we did it not without its glitches, but it was probably the largest learning experience of my 20 plus years of doing events. So yeah, now we're looking forward to fall because we feel like we know what we're doing this time around. I can't wait to see fall. That was a great conference, even though you say it was a learning experience. Take me back in your imagination, would you? And I would like to ask both of you this. Tell me what June 1st through 3rd was like for you from this year. Oh, boy. So it was chaotic. It was really interesting because I love doing events. I love doing in-person events. I love, you know, the relationships that you build. And it was a totally different experience because you're pushing buttons and you're virtual. And so when you're talking about all of these new remote collaboration platforms, like this was the quintessent event of, you know, just being remote and hoping that the team that you're working with, who's just on your iPad beside you, will help you to pull it off. So it was overwhelming and it was exciting. And it was, yeah, like I said, a huge learning curve, but really interesting to look at how our technology can help us. And I was so grateful to work in the VRAR industry during this because the education of the guests and the sponsors and the speakers and ourselves wasn't that big of a curve compared to what I can imagine. Now I'm doing events with other industries and that learning curve is huge. That has to have been a hugely valuable learning experience. Yes. What do you remember very best from those three days? Our space, it's so interesting. The whole entire community has always been very tight-knit, especially with these new technologies. And so as Amory was saying, like, you know, we all look forward to coming together and kind of experiencing things in person and you really kind of seeing and meeting with people. And what the coolest thing about all of this is that it allowed people from all over the world to still engage with each other, right? Even if they couldn't be there in person. And the platform that the Global Summit provides is, you know, enabling us to continue these conversations, to help each other, to make sure everyone's aware of kind of the latest and newest technologies out there. And the cool thing about this too is I'm sure there's a ton of new technologies that have come out since then, right? I know my clients have had to adapt to a lot of the changes from not being able to meet in person and engaging in person to more augmented reality focused at home experiences. So the summit itself enabled us to continue the conversation, make sure we're aware of everything, but most importantly, still to come together to talk about the growth of the industry and meet virtually as well. And 
What I'm excited for this year too, is we can now use our own technologies to meet in a more engaging manner, right? It's not just a video conference, but now we can use VR. We can do things over these new spatial collaboration platforms. And I think that's what's exciting for me is we're actually using the technology that we're all talking about. Let's do a sneak preview of what people can experience for the VR ARA Global Summit Online for the fall edition. Yes, so we just changed the dates as Facebook Connects just announced their dates on the exact same one. So we moved. That's one of the joys about being online. If you click, you know, just change those dates on the platform and you're not dealing with hotels and contracts and all of that. So for once, I'm super grateful for online events. But we have such a great program. We've always prided ourselves on having a content-driven show. And so what we're looking at doing for this event is we are formatting it a bit differently. So we've got, you know, our regular keynotes and panel presentations, but we're doing things like called Titans Crossover, where we bring leaders of different industries to debate about what's going on in the industry. We're going to have mini pitch fests. We're going to have really engaging networking opportunities. So we have panels about ethics. We have panels about VR for good. We're addressing things that are going on in the world, including COVID and, you know, any of the political things that are going on in the world. So the content is really, really amazing for this event. And what's wonderful about being online is that we do have speakers from every continent that can join us, which wouldn't be able to do if we were in Vancouver. So we've got speakers from top countries and top companies all over the world joining us. And then we're working with some great immersive experiences for the interactive events. So, I mean, there's so many exciting things that went online, like Burning Man and Lost Horizons Festival. So we have speakers from those and then maybe some experiences that we can live through at the summit again. You had a fantastic conference before. I loved every minute of it. Natasha, this is going to be kind of new for you. You're not new to VRARA summits, but this would be your first one as the new president of VRARA's Los Angeles chapter. What's the experience been like so far? Yeah, I think what's been really exciting, we regrouped. I brought together all of our LA chapter members just last month. And one thing that we're trying to do as a chapter locally is really identify, you know, what are these new technologies here in Los Angeles? Who are the content creators here in Los Angeles? And as a group, you know, we're going to be doing that at the local level. But what we're really excited about on the global summit level is being able to kind of group together And we have an upcoming event in a couple of weeks on, you know, returning to movie making and focusing on some of the content creators and technologies that are making that happen. And now we'll be able to kind of bring what LA is doing to the global summit to showcase that with everyone else, but also get feedback from and see what other people are doing. You know, I am very excited about the opportunity to participate as on behalf of LA, but then also... I work with companies and contacts all over the world. And I think what Amory, she said it best is we're able to have access now to people who wouldn't be able to come to Vancouver in person. So I'm excited to kind of see what other leaders in different countries are doing, you know, amidst COVID and how they're managing things and also what new technologies we can bring over here and utilize maybe in some of the stuff that we're working on in Los Angeles. Let's tempt some people listening. What's one of those new technologies you've seen within, let's say, about the last two months that you've said, wow? So in LA, actually, I got recently an opportunity to check out 
Carvinus. It's the enterprise spatial collaboration software platform, and it's a web-based experience where I can, don't need a headset, but you can also experience it on a headset. And I thought it was really cool because there's only so many Zoom meetings one can attend, and this actually <laughs> put me in an environment on a web-based platform. It enabled me to upload my own PowerPoint presentations in the room and other avatars were there as well. And it gave me a little bit more of a sense of being there in the room as well. I've also was really excited about some of just the new AR stuff. There's the company I mentioned before, Ventana, and they're doing a lot with enabling companies to take 3D assets and optimize and convert them to live in the AR and VR space. And when everyone's home and digital, that's really important because, you know, retail is captivating all these people from home. And so I think there's a lot of stuff in LA that we almost fast-tracked our way to the marketplace because of this current pandemic, which is a good thing because I think it's a great opportunity to really showcase the power of AR and VR and how you can engage with people when we're all virtual. What are some of the ways, and this is a question I'd love to address to both of you, that people might not realize they can use AR or VR or even XR in their homes or even small businesses that you're going to be covering in the Global Online Summit? Well, I think that, you know, it really extends where we work in it. So we take it for granted, but it really extends to all industries. You know, we have people that were speaking at the last summit and that will be coming back to talk about things like real estate and, you know, doing the listings for your houses or doing virtual tours to home inspections and those sorts of things that normally needed to be in person, but simply can be put online via VR or AR now and are exciting. I think that, you know, like Natasha was saying, e-commerce is a huge market right now for that. And then what's the biggest thing that everyone's debating right now is the, you know, back to school and education and how are our kids learning and what are they doing online and how are we facilitating them still having amazing experiences while they're at home during a pandemic. I think there's a lot of VR sports and training that are big and fitness is a huge one. So working out in VR, you know, not just your Zoom yoga class, which I think we've all done a million times now since March, but, you know, really getting engaged in fitness and training and diet. So I think that, you know, it can easily be incorporated into our daily life. And then, you know, entertainment. So we always had experiences that were exclusive, like you had to buy tickets to this concert or you were part of, you know, the Burning Man camp or, you know, whatever you had to do. But now, you know, via TikTok and Unity, like Fortnite, you can go to these amazing concerts and be a part of it. So it's infiltrating your daily life, whether you are aware of it or not. Will the summit have the blocks of content as you had before, where you have the education block and you have arts and things like that? Or will that be formatted slightly differently this time? Mostly the same, a little bit different. We're trying to make it much more engaging and more of a chance for people to talk and meet with one another. But yes, like we have the theme days of enterprise. We've got multiple stages. So, you know, we'll have a big focus on content and storytelling with, you know, stories like Natasha's talking about, like opening up LA for filmmaking down to, you know, taking immersive experiences online. So we really will have those big chunks of content in the different verticals available for absolutely everyone who's interested in how they can adapt this technology. Natasha, what have you experienced that is the best for engaging. You talked about keeping people engaged before. No matter how good the content is, we have a zillion distractions at home. 
what works best for keeping people engaged when you're doing an event like this? Yeah, it's funny, you know, when we did things, when you think about what engaged people in person, it was that personalization, the customization, it was the idea of being there and experiencing it right, and then you can go home and share that. I think with all of us being at home and not being at the place, you still want to make sure that it's a personal use case through these different mediums, right? And it's not gimmicky in a way that, you know, some people used to look upon, oh, you know, it's great for gaming. And I think personalizing the experience, so using virtual reality where you can feel like you're in the room and, you know, you get to customize your own person that's there or using augmented reality where you can you know, share things at your home. You might have a speaker that can be an AR speaker and you can see them in your living room as if they were at the event. And I think, and it's customizing it where they're speaking to you. So I think that's something that's really important when you look at all these mediums as well. And the storytelling piece of it is making sure it's current, it's relevant. I think the great thing about the summit, there's so many different tracks, you know, you mentioned, Amory mentioned education, retail, sports is definitely, you know, fans are missing their favorite player talking to them, right? You know, we've recently, I've been working with a company and we've created, you know, interactive bobbleheads. You can turn into a bobblehead and play against your friends as if you're the favorite player, right? And that goes back to the personalization of it. And one thing I think that's really important as well is making sure all these experiences are accessible. So I've been working really closely to incorporate accessibility in all of these digital experiences because now more than ever with people at home, that might be a little bit harder for someone who can't access a lot of this stuff. And I think AR and VR are a great tool to enable them to be able to access all the content and experiences that they would have in person. I'm back on those interactive bobbleheads. I'm envisioning these are in <laughs> AR. Yeah, it's a company I we just, it's called MVP Interactive and it's an AR and VR company back east and they were sitting there and they used to do it of the actual players but if you're at home you basically take a selfie with your phone your head becomes on a bobblehead you pick the position you pick the uniform you pick the team sponsors can engage with the fans then you can invite your friends to interact with your bobblehead and then it can respond to in-game plays as well so it becomes a gamified experience where your bobblehead gets points if your favorite player makes a touchdown so think of like an augmented reality fantasy football (laughs) but as a bobblehead so and that's the fun part of it right I think fans and people miss putting on that funny thing on their head when they go to a sporting event or And it's making it feel as if you're there and experiencing it with the players or experiencing it with the brand. That's fun. (laughs) I'm thinking of the silly aspect of a game where you will wear a funny hat or you will catch a bag of peanuts or things like that. Sounds like you brought that right back through AR, which is great. Yeah, you might as well have fun with it, but then, you know, have something you can actually share with your friends. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. And Marie, you were talking about these learning experiences that you had previously. I would love to know what one of the best learning experiences was from which anybody listening right now could take away what to do if they have a virtual event to do. Well, I think what's important about it is that at first, everyone was just really trying to recreate what was valid in person. You know, your event had to have this stage and, you know, everything that you had in person and how do we redo that? And I see that with education as well, you know, do students need to be from nine to three on Zoom or online learning? 
And I think that one of the takeaways was just about the ability to now be as creative as you want to be and not be stuck into those guidelines or parameters that we set aside for ourselves doing events before. You know, we can be creative, but we can do whatever we want to do and kind of break those molds. And I think the other thing to keep in mind and what I've been telling my clients since I run an event production company is that the production value still needs to be there. So where people think that taking an event online is, you know, simply clicking buttons and, you know, entering information into a website, you still need that production value and you still need that team that can run it for you and understands what's going on. So I think that, you know, staffing it properly and also the expectations of how long your audience can sit and be attentive for and what keeps them engaged. I mean, like you said, you know, we did the entire event from our dining room table with the computers that we had available to us at home after COVID hit. None of them were, you know, great to be running an event on. At one point, I was streaming from my nine-year-old son's iPad to YouTube for a stage. So, it, you know, it was adapting and also just being flexible and managing expectations of people. So I think there's a ton of learning points there. I could talk about them forever, but I think it's, yeah, it's managing expectations and making sure that you still have that production value and the, and the proper team to do it with you, which changes from in-person to online. What would you add to that, Natasha, from your best creative lesson from what you've done so far with planning the Global Online Summit for fall? Yeah, you know, one thing was the content and keeping it relevant to the different groups there. And another thing that I know people have asked about just to have in our chapter events is there's some softwares online that enable you to meet up after like in groups. So breaking it down into smaller groups. And I think that's important as well as the thing that I think we miss most about these events is networking, right? And being able to Mm -hmm. meet new people and really engage with them and so the ability for these summits to give you the content but then provide opportunities to break out after in a smaller group think about like a small round table or like a salon dinner that we used to call them in person and i think that's what we're all missing is in this industry and as people and i think that's nice that we get the content but then also you're able to meet people virtually as well especially you know, now we can virtually meet in our VR, AR spaces as well. Let's be sure and give the times on this. Will this again be in Greenwich Mean Time? When does the first event start? So this will run from September 30th to October 2nd. It's in Eastern Standard Time this time. And so it will be 8 a.m. to about 5 p.m. for the general summit eastern standard time and then we'll have some offshoot events in the evenings and in different time points for our attendees around the globe and where can people get more information so the website is vrarglobalsummit.com so that's being updated with new speakers and new content this week and next Um, and tickets are available there and tickets are 44 dollars for VRARA members and $55 for non-members and that gives you access to everything. After the pandemic is over, how do each of you foresee the experiences you've had with planning virtual summits changing what you do for conference and event planning? You know, I think one thing that we've all learned from this pandemic is, you know, there used to be the constant 
question, can people really work from home? Or are they going to be productive, right? And I think we now have that answer. <laughs> Everyone has their own experience there. But for events, I think it opens it up to when we go back to live person events, I think we're going to really appreciate them. <laughs> and, you know, because I know a lot of people miss it. But then also, I think it's going to be a great if someone can attend, we now have the tools and experience to be able to offer it to individuals globally. You know, I now host all the webinars I do on my behalf. I, you know, you're able to live stream them across multiple channels, and that really can connect us with more people. So I think it's the fact that we've experienced this now that we can now offer some type of, you know, a diversified offering for in-person as well as digital, and it'll be a lot more seamless than trying it for the first time. I agree. I don't have much to add. I think that hybrid events will definitely be the way of the future because I think people's comfort level, I don't see live events happening for quite a while that people are 100% comfortable with, depending on where it is. And I also think that, you know, smaller intimate gatherings geographically to support a larger summit would also be an interesting way to do it. You know, there's a lot of money that's spent on events and the carbon footprint of live events is huge. And so I feel like taking all of those into account, there's a really interesting opportunity to make them more sustainable and to make them more accessible. There's no limits really to what we can do globally now for events. And I think the content that we're getting globally is amazing. I think opening up that to everyone is a wonderful way to do it. So I am really excited to see how we can host events with reducing that footprint as well. Natasha, I usually close out my podcast with a signature question, which is if people could only get one thing from you about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what would you like them to take away from you? What would you like them to take away from your experience so far with planning the online summit? You know what? I think the one thing I always tell people is if you haven't experienced AR or VR or you're curious about it, to try it and to attend the event to see what's out there in you know, everyone's learning. We're all innovating. I think the one thing is if you have an idea or if you want to learn a little bit more is to, you know, pick up your phone, download an AR app or attend the summit or borrow a headset or get your headset and just test it because it's something that once you experience it, you'll realize how much you can use it across so many different ways in your life. And I I always just say to people to try it out and then you can have an opinion on what it is, but I think it'll at least give you a new perspective of where we'll be in the future, especially when it comes to events and engagement in all industries. And Maria, I'll ask you a slightly different question since you answered that one last time, but was there one moment that stood out for you that was really fun in that it challenged you? in the areas of innovation, creativity, and making a difference, either as you were taking the VR, AR, Gay Global Summit online last time or this time? Oh, there's so many. But I think that I will say this over and over again. I think that the involvement and the passion and the creativity of the people that are in this industry is always amazes me and it always blows me over. So I feel like the support that we got and the creative ideas of what people came forward with of what we could do for the event and what we should do were never ending and they still are never ending. And so I feel like this is such an inclusive, wonderful community for helping to make things happen that I'm always excited to work with everyone in it. And I'm, I'm blown away by the support that we get from the industry and 
as Natasha was saying, you know, VR and AR opens up the world to everyone. And so I'm really excited to get people that are now realizing that this technology is in there every day and realizing what we've kind of been preaching about for years in our little VR AR bubbles. And so I'm really excited to bring that to the world and have all of these incredibly creative talents behind it to support that messaging. And Marie and Natasha, thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You and I have been listening to Natasha French and Anne-Marie Enns. Natasha is president of the Los Angeles chapter of the VRAR Association, while Anne-Marie is executive producer of the VRAR Global Summit. The fall edition of the VRAR Global Summit Online Conference and Expo starts at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, that's 5 a.m. Pacific, on Wednesday, September 30th, and runs through 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Friday, October 2nd. Find out more at VRARGlobalSummit.com. That's VRARGlobalSummit.com. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at TwoMavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X, TwoMavericks.com. And you can contact us at TwoMavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at Pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.